When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Time for All Aboard for Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with a Dometic CIV 26-insulated cooler bag. We actually used them up in cans. We did. They they were were phenomenal. Uh, like wraps in a cooler bag, Patrick. Exactly right. Our special guest this morning is Alma Glashen, who has just produced Life on the Line. He's actually out in the water as we speak. Good morning, Al. Good morning, gents. Yeah, I know I get the odd interruption, Captain, to you, but I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> Take us through it. You did just say you landed That's a nice re- fish in the Sydney Harbour. Take <laughs> us through it. Yeah, well, we're right up the back. So we've had those nor'easters, which has been giving us a hard time with the fires here in New South Wales, and it also makes it really cold inshore. So the kings, when as soon as that happens, Sydney Harbour fires, but it's not right down the entrance. It's right up in the Parramatta River. So we're up at down to Glenville at the at Hunters Hill and Kingies are up smashing all the prawns and they're hard to catch but we just got one then that was for about 70 plus on sort of brim gear and when you're fighting amongst all the boat moorings and everything it is a serious yeah it, it's a bit of luck and a lot of a lot of hopeful wishing to get it in and out of all the moorings and everything and get it up what but, a, yeah it's what, bloody good what, fun to land them what are you catching them on, Al, if you're fishing in there, they're feeding on prawns, like plastics or...? So, yeah, little plastics. So you use those, um, those little Hanko paddle prawns or the Shimano um, squidgy prawns or little rooster poppers in clear. And as soon as you see them blowing up, you just get straight in, cast into the thick of it, and then sort of pretty much hang on and try and get it in and out of the moorings. Because <laughs> what they're doing is when they feed on prawns, is they're right in against the bank. And up here, the bank has just got houses, you know, these rich people living along the edge with all their moorings, and it's not good for fish, I'll tell you, it's bloody hard. <laughs> <laughs> Those that fish Sydney Harbour, Al, the key to chasing them, is it just patience? Is it time in the water? Is there a time of the day or a tide that they should be looking to uh, target? Tide. Tide, tides and tides. Around. So the top of the tide, um, when the water's clearest, and then you want either side of that, so you've got a bit of run. The old yep. theory, no run, no fun, is is so true. So as soon as it starts running either side of the top of the tide, generally that's the best fishing. You see them all flooring up. And yesterday we're out, you know, I had to do a bit. It's, it's like Chinese water torture. I'm out doing some stuff for Allianz, some ad they're doing, and all these kings are blowing up all around us, and I can't <laughs> do anything. And I've got to do these things with a teleprompter on the on the screen talking, with, you know, talking about insurance and stuff. And all I do is look at the fish that the guy produced kept going, hang out. Eyes at the camera, not over there. Eyes at the camera. <laughs> the and they're just blowing up around the boat. It's like, I can't do it if they can't. You guys, you can just catch one, all right? Right, okay, I'm going to do it. So then it was one. I just need my fix. Yeah, you need don't, to put, I don't blame you. You need to put that in the fine print, Al. Happy to shoot unless there's fish around, and then you'll need sort of half an hour just to have a few casts. I'm going to change. You know what? That's it. I'm going to change. You're going to have to start managing it from now on. He's going, oh, no, that's not the contract. He may fish. He's allowed to fish at all times. 
I now, like it. Al, a couple of weeks ago, Aaron and I were lucky enough to be invited by your good self uh, to the premiere of Life on the Line, which focuses around uh, bluefin tuna and how their population was incredibly decimated to how it has improved um, and fishing's been a, a huge part about uh, the success and the, the resurgence of that fish. Um, talk to us a bit about Life on the Line um, and congratulations on the, the docker itself. It was incredibly well put together, um, but it's certainly taken some time to get to the finish line now, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And what an awesome night. It was bloody great you guys came along and saw it. And, you know, it's one of those things for me. As a kid, you know, being a Victorian, you know the old days when I was a young fella, there were no bluefin. Like, all I heard were stories from my old band saying, oh, yeah, you go ahead and, you know, you catch bluefin. You used to fish Burma, you didn't catch bluefin. And we never saw them. And then they started turning up, I think it was like five or six, I think it was. And we started catching, started catching them again. And it made me, the first big one I caught, which was like something like 155 kilos or something. And when I caught that, it sent me on this path of sort of, I don't know, what do you say, discovery? All I wanted to do was learn what, what happened. How did they just reappear like that? And, you know, the more I looked into it, the more fascinating it was that the species that pretty much annihilated starts coming back and it's coming back more and more and more. And James Finlay used to be the head of AFMA. I teamed up with him and said, mate, we need to tell everyone about this. Everyone, like, this is an amazing story that's all done, all done through, you know, through the passion of, you know, you're not locking it up, which is the old marine park scenario. Instead, we're trying to learn what we need to do to look after it and actually manage it. And one of the keys was that if we kept fishing it, we could pay for the science to learn about it. And it's such a vital part that now the science that's come from all the bluefin sort of research is world-leading and they're used on white sharks and everything else. But someone has to pay for it. And, and the more we learned about it, the more we did, I said, we need to film this. So it took me three years to film it. And it was the first time I've ever made a documentary. So it was a bit of a... A steep learning curve is an understatement, boys. It's an <laughs> absolute understatement. But having that night where it ended up being at IMAX and all that, and in the footage, I looked at going, oh, that's, well, that's a little out of focus. Oh, that's a bit. When they blow it up, on wasn't it 32-metre screen? It's like, oh, oh, I've got to be a bit sharper on that one. But, yeah, it's still <laughs> awesome and amazing experience on it and just to see how how good it is. And, yeah, and just a really good night. And it's a history to see it like that. Next time you uh, produce a show like that, Al, just a little bit of advice. Just choose the host a little bit, a little bit better, like a better looking bloke or something along those lines. It's the MC. You <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about yeah. him. I was actually talking about Al. You. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they need someone better looking for that. I'm not allowed to do it. They cut me in there. I'm like, right, I'll do it. Then they're no. trying to get me to shut up as a problem, but I reckon I'm going to go to producing rather than presenting. What's the old saying? You got to face the radio. I'm perfect for it. Well, that's what we're here. Well, I might have to join you guys then. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I did learn on the night was uh, a bit of the numbers. And I know the, uh, the tuner, obviously, on the way back up. And when you hear that people like yourself who put this uh, information to the public on the way up, I'd, pre- I'd instantly presume that the numbers, the percentages, would be much, much greater than what you showed us. Now, I think it got down to 10%, Pat, and then 6%, 6%, sorry, and now it's at 13%. Am I right, Al? Yep, well, now Uh, it's it's at 13 increasing, and the expectation was, so it went down as low as potentially 4% in 2001, so 4% to 6%. And the problem, and the big thing we've got to understand is bluefin spawn at 10 years. So it takes 10 years to do it. So if you hit them really hard, 
the results of what you do will take 10 years to sort of come into effect. Yep. Now, if you look at Yellowfin, they're, they're up and spawning in two years. Yep. So two to three years, they're up and running. So it's, it's a much quicker response to what happens. But with Bluefin, you know, it, it takes that sort of massive time frame. So what, what was going wrong was 30 years ago, and we're only starting to see the responses now. So it's they're at 13%, and they continue up. I think they've bumped it up to, they were at 20%, which is starting to be, you know, a more manageable level of unfished biomass, but it's just going up and up. Which is so great. I think, yeah, you know, they've just come, last year they took them off the endangered list and class them as recovering, which is just awesome news, you know, because all we ever hear about is how bad our oceans are and everything that's wrong. And while there's lots of problems, there's lots of good stories in there. As well, you know, this, this, and things like this are a great story for what we should be doing. They should feel the king's chasing this tailor. So Tom just took to tailor. I've <laughs> the live radio for you. He's just hooked on, and all the kings ends up with the tailor, and all the kings are chasing his tailor. <laughs> so, no... yeah, but look, it is. It's, um, it, for me, it's such an amazing story of good news. Like, I'm sick of all the bad news, but this is good news and stuff that we can learn from yep. about the future and what we can do to keep making it better. Because the one thing I've learned over the years is fishermen are the best custodians of the water, bar none. Like, they're absolutely awesome at it and they're desperate to do the right thing and look after the fishery. And, you know, there's not one person I know that fishes that doesn't want lots of fish. So we just, you know, we're, we're the perfect people as the custodians. And we're in the water. Can't get any better than that. Couldn't have it. Any better, Al? Um, Al, thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning and talking to us about life on the line um, and info around tuna and how we can continue to improve and, and help this uh, this fishery. And for the live report on Sydney <laughs> Harbour, just straight into the kingfish, doesn't get any better than that. Thanks, Al. No worries at all, guys. Al McGlashan, who of course produced Life on the Line, which is on. Uh, 3.30 this afternoon on Channel 9. He's one of the best in the industry, isn't he, Redmond? Oh, his personality is just always... Why is he always happy? Well, I think <laughs> we need more people with that sort of enthusiasm exactly. for life. But so. everything he does just... Yeah, he's great. Great personality. Everything he puts out... Some of his photos are just... Yeah. The best you'll I, see. That's what I want to do soon. That was All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB 26-insulated cooler bag. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.